Please stand with me that we might together honor the true and living God of heaven. Amen. Almighty God and Holy Father, we are thankful this day to be in thy house. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Father, Lord of heaven and earth, we thank thee that thou hast chosen the base, the foolish, the poor, and the weak to be the citizens of your kingdom, the members of your body. We thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ this day. We believe that He is among us. He is within us. And He is observing us. We believe that He walks among His golden candlesticks this morning and He holds His stars in His right hand. We thank Thee for the Holy Spirit that inhabits us, empowers us, that he might glorify thee through us this day. Have mercy upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bibles to that little minor prophet of Haggai toward the end of your Old Testaments. And let's rejoice in this wonderful two-chapter book. Quite simple and easy to understand with great lessons of practical value and a great prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just read to you the wonderful verses of chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen and amen. Sometimes it is appropriate to drop names and titles repeatedly like the five occurrences of the Lord of hosts in just these four verses. And there's no redundancy. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the captain of the Lord's armies. All the angels of heaven obey him and are at his disposal for the government of the universe. The setting of these verses is about 450 B.C. when the Jews that had been captive in Babylon for 70 years were brought back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and to rebuild the temple by the miraculous intervention of Cyrus in overthrowing that Babylonian government, taking the city of Babylon and issuing a decree on behalf of God that his people should arise and go back to Jerusalem and build him a house. When those brethren began to build that house. They were discouraged by what they saw because staking out the foundation of it on the ground and looking at how small it was and the few assets they had, 
They realized that it could not, would not compare to Solomon's magnificent temple that he had built to the glory of the Lord. David had made sure that Solomon's temple was a palace to God, not to men. It was exceeding magnificent. The amounts of money raised were astounding amounts of money raised by David and the princes of Israel. They had none. So along comes the Lord to encourage them, and He tells them, the silver and the gold is already mine. I made the gravel of the earth. If I need a dump truck load of silver or a dump truck load of gold, I can have it any time I need it. Don't worry about tinsel. I'm going to give this latter house greater glory than the former house. When you in the English language find the words former and latter, how many things are under consideration? Two. The former house is Solomon's. The latter house is this one right here, built by Zerubbabel. The Lord promised that He was going to shake the heavens and the earth. That is prophetic language. The heavens didn't shake, and the earth didn't shake, literally. That is prophetic language describing an upheaval in the religious world where the worship of God of the Old Testament was going to be shaken, and it would float away like so much dust off a dirty rug. And what would be left would be His permanent kingdom. I will shake the heavens and the earth, in verses 6 and 7, and the desire of all nations shall come. What is the desire of all nations? Who is the desire of all nations? The Lord of glory. The Lord Jesus Christ. The seed of the woman. Prophesied as early as the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The desire of all nations has come. The the desire of all nations came 2,000 years ago. Because this latter house has been destroyed for 1944 years. Is that simple enough? He had to have come already over 1944 years ago. He did come. And the Lord filled that latter house with glory. Jesus as an infant was taken by His parents to the temple to be consecrated to the Lord. Simeon saw Him there. Anna saw Him there. At 12, he answered the questions of the doctors of the law in that temple. He entered that temple and performed all kinds of miracles. He made a scourge of cords and drove out the money changers and called it my father's house. And it also says in this place that the glory of this latter house will be greater than of the former because the former, being Solomon's temple, only had Solomon and the priests of the Old Testament, the Levitical priesthood, to minister there. They had nothing in comparison to the line of the tribe of Judah, king and priest, who ministered in the second temple during his time on earth. The glory of the latter house was far greater. But when we look at the glory of the former house, when Solomon put his offering on the altar, the glory of the Lord came down and filled the house, The priests could not minister. The priests could not go into that former temple because the glory of the Lord was there in such astounding, overpowering presence and power. They couldn't operate. But the glory of the latter house is greater. By what means? It's the glory of God that shines in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this passage. And I'm so thankful for for the Lord to have shown us these things. They are so simple for us to understand. And it goes on in the last part of verse 9 to say, In this place will I give peace. It is in this place that the God of peace made peace with all of His elect by sending the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross, a substitutionary death, 
and he poured out upon him the wrath of God. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he hath justified all those that were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. He's made peace by the blood of his cross. Colossians chapter 1. And the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom when Jesus cried, It is finished, because there was peace with God. That is those four verses. That is the correct understanding. That is what you should believe. And that is what you should rejoice in today. There is a third temple. But it's not built in Jerusalem. You're sitting in it right now. The temple of the living God. The house and pillar and ground of the truth. The house of God. The habitation of God by His Spirit. This is a spiritual temple in connection with Mount Zion, which is above in the heavenly Jerusalem. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and let's see the Apostle Paul quote those verses that I just read to you and show that they have been fulfilled since his lifetime. Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, we're blessed, brethren, to understand the Scriptures. We are blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Hebrews 12.25 See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth. This is at Mount Sinai in the days of Moses. When God spoke at Mount Sinai, if you didn't keep His covenant, you were killed. But there's greater judgment for those that reject the voice of God thundering from heaven, honoring the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth as His begotten and beloved Son, whose voice then shook the earth, but now He hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, that is taken from Haggai 2, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. The Apostle Paul in verse 26 is quoting Haggai chapter 2, with the words, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. In verse 27, and this word, yet once more. Those are Haggai's words. Paul isn't saying that there's a shaking coming. Paul's saying Haggai prophesied of a shaking coming because Paul said, we are in the process of receiving the kingdom which cannot be moved. Why was he in the process of it? Because for a 40-year period of time, the two kingdoms ran side by side until 70 A.D. when that other kingdom was fully and finally and completely gone and the kingdom of Jesus Christ was fully and finally established with a witness in the earth that Jesus Christ was king. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness and then shall the end come. Hebrews tells us what we know from Haggai because the Lord's given us an understanding of the New Testament, that that shaking occurred 1,944 plus years ago in the 40 years between the ministry of John the Baptist and the destruction of Jerusalem. Right. Praise His glorious name. Amen. 
Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom, let us have grace. Let's take the grace that God's given us and worship Him as well as we are able today. If you see the Lord Jesus Christ among us, within us, observing us, let's give Him our best. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. O Lord God, we thank Thee for the prophecy of Haggai and the fulfillment of it from the pen of our brother Paul. We thank Thee that You did shake the heavens and the earth and the old covenant went away and the new covenant took its place. We thank Thee for the kingdom that we have received that was taken away from the Jews that was once theirs and given to Gentiles. We thank Thee that Thou hast built up the tabernacle of David with us poor Gentiles, and we bless and praise Thy holy name. Heavenly Father, we believe that Zerubbabel's temple had far greater glory than Solomon's temple, but we also believe that the temple of the living God that stands today in this world, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, has greater glory than Zerubbabel's temple ever had. Heavenly Father, it is in this temple that we observe the Lord's Supper. It is in this temple that we worship in a kingdom which cannot be moved. And, O Lord, we thank Thee, Heavenly Father, and we pray that this day, Heavenly Father, by Your grace and through the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost, our worship of Thee will be exceeding Magnifical. Heavenly Father, we're thankful to be in your house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Heavenly Father, bless us with peace this day, and bless us to worship thee according to the due order, for our God is a consuming fire. O Lord, let us not be like Nadab and Abihu and offer anything strange before Thee, but everything that we do, let us do it with our might. And we pray that You would sanctify it by the blood and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, that it would be an acceptable offering up unto Thee. O Lord, show us the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might understand that though the glory of Solomon's temple was so great, the priests could not minister. The glory of Zerubbabel's was greater because he stood at its threshold and tore its veil from top to bottom. But he is with us this day. And Heavenly Father, let us keep our thoughts, direct our affections, use our lips, and let our feet and hands do what pleases Thee in this house today. Forgive us our sins of neglect. Forgive us our sins of coldness. Forgive us the weakness of our flesh and stir us up by your mighty power that we would worship thee acceptably with reverence and godly fear and yet with great joy and rejoicing in Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, to thee we trust all other churches praying for the same blessing upon them. To thee we trust the affairs of our nation and all its rulers for which we thank thee. To Thee we trust for our daily bread and the provision for our families. And to Thee we trust for a blessing now. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.